things my family did I am not the voices in my head I am not the pieces of the brokenness inside I am light I am light Welcome everyone back to the Being Inspired radio show. I'm Amanda Johnson, your host, and today I have a super, super special guest on the show. This is my first male guest, and I feel like I need to make, like, celebrate that. I need to make that a big deal, not because I don't have conversations with amazing men or um, not because they are unique, but because I have not opened this space up to that yet, purely because it has not come into my field and I have not been... um, I don't know. It just hasn't been the right timing yet. And here I am so excited to introduce you to Hans Curdy. And I always love to tell you a little bit about how I know my guest. And Hans and I met in San Francisco now a few years ago. And I think it was through a mutual friend. Someone put us in touch uh, saying, you know, oh, you guys seem to talk about the same stuff, think about the same stuff, do the same stuff. You should you should meet. And we did. And we met, I believe, at a Le Boulanger um, downtown San Francisco. And I just remember when I met this man that I thought, holy cow, he is brighter than any star I've ever met. Like he just exudes light and joy and happiness. And I'm not saying he never has a bad day. I'm sure he does, but he has such love and warmth in his being and it is it's tangible and I could just feel it Um, and so ever since I met him those years ago we have had a handful maybe of actual meetings and yet every time it is electrical and magical and very very special to me and I believe he feels the same. So I cannot wait to have you hear more from Hans during our conversation. Hans founded the Elevate Institute, home of the Human Acceleration Program, to deeply engage everyone with all aspects of their life and help promote their optimal selves as defined by them. He aligns his coaching skills with his corporate background in delivering programs across the globe. And... He gives the best hugs. <laughs> Hans, welcome to the show. I, Amanda, my cheeks are hurting from this constant smile that I have right now. Thank you so much for that warm introduction. Um, I am truly blessed to be here and to be the first male guest that you have, and I'm uh, I'm honored um, to know you. Um, thank you so much for that warm welcome. And if I may, also, I know your audience knows you very well, but but I do have to say that. Um, Amanda, you've, you have truly been an inspiration to me as well through, through our, our time together, our conversations um, from San Francisco and beyond. And every time we do talk, I leave completely full, happy, uh, and, and brighter. So thank you also for that. You are so welcome. I am such a lucky gal. Um, so, and and you all listening are so, I believe, blessed to to be um, listening to our conversation. And I say that with with zero ego, and really just knowing that there is such brilliance that can come out of uh, Hans and I speaking, and it just divine wisdom and insight and it it flows through us and i believe when we're put together it's just kind of i don't know it's multiplied so i'm so excited for today's conversation and as those of you who've listened to the show before know i select a theme i don't really select it actually i ask the guest and i say what is it that's really present for you what is true for you what is it in your being that you um, are are looking at thinking about you know, what is your being saying to you right now? And when I asked that of Hans, he came back and he had this idea of around learning to unlearn, um, which actually is, is the title of the book he is writing. And I cannot wait until it's finished. (laughs) Um, So this, this concept, this unlearning process that we go through um, the shifts in our perspective and how that is part of the journey. And so when he said that to me, 
I do what I do and I go to my Kindle and I flip open my Kindle, um, you know, and I look through the books and I say, okay, what, what quote or passage speaks to that theme? And the book I went to for this one is another one of my favorites that I, I reference quite a bit, which is Marianne Williamson's A Return to Love. I figured she would have something on this and sure enough, she did. And there was one quote, and this is the quote I'd like to share with you all and ask that you let it resonate with you however it will. Let it land with you however it will. Let it speak to you however it will. And Hans, I ask you to do the same as you hear this quote, listening for what, what truth is in it for you, what resonates with you, and then we'll, we'll dive into our conversation. Great. So Marianne Williamson in the book A Return to Love says this, Love is what we were born with. Fear is what we have learned here. The spiritual journey is the relinquishment or unlearning of fear and the acceptance of love back into our hearts. So Hans, as you hear that, what, what stands out to you? What speaks to you? What's asked, what's being asked to be shared? It, that I think is a is a very beautiful, all encompassing um, quote. I think it really it really signifies us as humans. When we are born, we are born into love. We innately we are uh, loving creatures. Uh, we are either taught to to hate, dislike, fear, etc. Through the conditioning. So our instinctive learning is what we are born with, and and that that really is love. Beyond that. You know, in the first five years, um, and I'll, I'll kind of get into it, but in the first five years uh, of our life, um, this the cognitive development of our brain is completely influenced by an, our environment. So, you know, our brain gets to evolve up to, you know, 80-ish percent um, uh, in that first five years. And through that, we learn from, you know, the imposition of uh, our environment, whether it be religion, whether it be uh, home development, whether it be education, uh, whatever the case is. And through that, we start layering ourselves with these outside variables that, you know, we had no preconceived notions of, but we knew how to love. We knew how to look at our mom and dad when we were born. And you see this with, with, uh, with infants and they just smile and they're, they, they're happy and, and they can connect with this really positive feeling of, of, of love. Um, so, that quote really resonates with me and, and with a lot of the kind of initial deep rooted work I started doing around the concept of unlearning. And, you know, the, the concept is really all over the place and it's out there. And a lot of people do talk about it, but I feel for me in the work that I've done, it's really imperative to, to, to kind of start there. And so when you say in starting there, meaning we need to go back to, is that for you the process, the journey that we need to go back to what we originally are? Yeah. So, yeah, so I, I would I would say so. It, the The reason why I speak to unlearning is because through the unlearning we gain perspectives, and those perspective shifts will help us realize where we were to where we need to get to. And in moments that we get stuck today in our life, we need to understand why why are those those obstacles there um, and the you know this plays into the unconscious mind that is playing some sort of program based in that conditioning um through through our own development and you know becoming your own programmer right going back and reprogramming all the stuff that that has been um uh kind of imposed on you and and the way the analogy that i always give is um if you think of yourself as a painting uh and you know it's always a beautiful painting uh, but the, the big but here is that you that painting was painted by somebody else uh, through your development. And what you need to do at some point in your life is say, this is a beautiful painting. I, I, I understand what it looks like right now. But then there's certain areas that don't really apply to me anymore. There's certain areas that I don't like. There's there's some, um, you know, uh, uh, things that I can do to really enhance this beautiful painting. So let me create a brand new canvas uh, and that is you and start painting a new painting and create a, an image of yourself that really is uh, designed and defined by you. 
Oh, I love that image that we are the blank canvas. And it is by looking at the picture and understanding it. So I'm seeing myself, like, I'm looking at the painting, I can see it. I'm, oh yeah, okay, that part, I got that. I know why that's there, how that looks. And it's it's no longer identifying with that, but to say, can I can I somehow strip that away? Mm-hmm. going back to the blank canvas and for whatever reason this other image is coming up for me right now and i i can't remember where i read it but it was the idea of we all if you think of us as a, a big um uh, piece of granite or, or stone or whatever what have you you know the the sculpture already exists underneath right so mm-hmm. it's chipping away so this would be mm-hmm. almost the inverse analogy i believe you know it's almost it's the chipping away that then reveals the the beautiful statue um but but meaning that it's been there all the t- it's been there all along it's been there all along same with the canvas it's all it's been there all along mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know exactly that's exactly right and and we it's so easy for us to believe um what we've been given because when you really think about just our upbringing we always look outwardly for input so we can act and react in in certain areas because we are confined to what's right and what's wrong what's good and what's bad and it's the cycle that continues to play out and uh i'm not saying that you know those things don't exist in 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 certain in certain areas of our life, but it's it's at a point where you have to redefine those and you have to understand why do I think this is bad or why why do I think this is good? Um, a lot of that stuff ends up becoming this program that is played out in the in the unconscious mind. And what's amazing is, you know, with the advent of neuroscience and I mean we still really don't know much, but but what we what what I what I what I keep hearing and understanding from neuroscientists is that, you know, the unconscious mind is something that that is running pretty much 99% of our life. Um, the conscious mind itself is kind of response to that unconscious mind. Now, the only reason we don't really understand or feel that on a day to day is because in order for us to activate the conscious mind, so when we're working on a project and we're doing something, um, you know, mentally rigorous, we get really exhausted and really tired. And so we feel it's like this major capacity of our being in that moment. Well, the conscious mind needs as much energy as a, you know, a top tier athlete. So that's why we have this exhaustion and running the conscious mind. Well, what they found out also is that the conscious mind is a third of a second behind the unconscious mind, meaning that the unconscious mind has already given the conscious mind all the things that it needs to do in order for it to make decisions. And I, and I, again, wow. again, there's a whole lot, a lot within that. So that, yeah, there's a whole like avenue right there. And, and yet I'm, that's fascinating to me. It's as if, so our unconscious mind is, it's, it's three steps ahead of us. <laughs> well, we're a third of a second or whatever ahead of yeah. us. Um, okay. And, and that's fascinating. And so for me, this unlearning that you're exploring and how that, what that means to you is that, describe that a little bit. Like, what does that process then look like? How do we do that? Where does it start? You know, because we're talking about, you know, the conscious, we've got the unconscious, mm-hmm. the unlearning take, helps us kind of get back to that unconscious so we can start to reprogram it or mm-hmm. remove the layers or chip away this, however, whatever analogy you want to use. So what does that process look like for you? Yeah, that's that's a great question. And, and the way that I look at it is is kind of in, in the stories that I tell, just like this one, where I, I, I personally want to understand, is there really a program that's running? You know, how does the mind really work? And why is cognitive development so important in the first five years of our life? And what does that really do to us as adults? And so by understanding some of the science, and, you know, we give a lot of accolades to the mind over the heart uh, in the world that we live in. So understanding it, in, from from a science perspective, you, you basically can say, okay, I, I can see that there are things in there that I can probably dig into and, and start to try to figure out what it's all about. Um, so for me, the first step was really just understanding that flow and that there is a need to kind of dig in and say, okay, clearly there are some unknowns in there and that they're running and they've been running for a while. So let me figure that out. 
the the next step beyond that is I I carry with me a, a laminated card that says why, just a big why on it, and I kind of drop that everywhere, right? And so anytime I either have I make a decision or I make a judgment on something or whatever, I literally pull that out and I say why. Why is the why is the it's the drill, the drill. Wow. I love that. Why? Because, and so as we ask that question, why, we begin to peel back the layer. Exactly. We begin to get a, we get to peer into the unconscious mind, right? We start to, we start to challenge that kind of autopilot reaction or whatever it is. I, well, I just, that's what I do. But why? That's exactly, yeah, that's exactly right. And with the, with the why question, you, you start really giving yourself new answers. You, you start finding new answers. Um, if you end up doing something and say, oh, well, I've always done that, or this is, I, I really like doing that. Sure, you have a feeling and association with the fact that you do it because it, feels, it makes you feel good. But if you really start asking the why and the why and the why, and you might even get existential about this, but really it's... The beautiful thing about asking why is you start getting to meet yourself almost for the first time. Um, and, and, and what I mean by that is you're starting to get to know yourself at, at age five, at age six, at age seven. And sometimes, you know, well, a lot of times we forget the, the person that we really were. A uh, beautiful way to do that is to ask family members, ask mom and dad, and like, how was I? And what did I do? And why did I used to do that? And why, why was that my go-to thing? And why did I pick up this blanket or et cetera, et cetera. Those minute moments in your life really construct a full story. And you get these aha moments and you realize, oh my God, I always knew that I loved doing that. I never knew it was because of this or because of that. Um, and it's, again, that drill going in, like you said, peeling down those layers and trying to figure out kind of what the basics of your truth of today is and start reprogramming that and how you speak to yourself and how you look at yourself, forgiving yourself, loving yourself. And, and you said this, I mean, we are a perfect sculpt sculpture that through that work is, is we're just getting to it. It's always there. It's always been there. Uh, and, and it's just through this, just through this deep, deep digging down, and I, it's what this is bringing up for me as well as again, because this was for me a huge shift in my perspective. So talking about the shift in perspective that needs to take place, right? Where a few years ago, I really started to pay attention to this pattern of mine that it's like, I need to fix it. I need it to be better. I need it to be more. I need mm -hmm. to learn more. I need to, you know, what there, there was, it was such a lack mentality and this, this concept that whatever I'm looking for, and I think you said this too, you know, we're always looking out there because we need, is it right? Is it wrong? Is it good? Is it bad? You know, so it was always out there. And so if I were going to have a conversation with you, it's because I, I, at that time believed you were going to give me information that I did not already have. And then I was going to consume that. And then I was going to be wholer. I was going to be more full at that right, point. Right, right. Um, and, and for the whole time thinking, but because there's, there's more that I'm, I don't have. I'm missing. I still hear this, of course, you buy um, in a lot of people, you know, well, I just, I don't have that information yet. So I need to go out and do this, or I don't, I don't know this yet. So I have to go out there or I'm not ready because, or whatever, right. There's always this idea that something's lacking or missing. Mm -hmm. And again, when I, I love these analogies because it, it's so clear for me when I did shift my perspective, things changed. And all of a sudden I said, Oh, wait, so I've already got all of it in there. It's all there. It's been covered up. It, I mean, what, again, use whatever metaphor you want. It's been hidden. It's been, you know, whatever, painted right. over, right. Um, built up around. Uh, and, and it's waiting for me to, to go back in and find it, to reveal it, to meet it. For the, when you said it is meeting yourself for the first time, that was beautiful and to me so profound and so true. And so that's, for me, that's where the journey has, is now leading me. It's now, it's not about, can I, what more do I need? What more do I need to know? And I'm not, you know, and there's always going to be that question. And maybe we talk about that. Like, what does that mean? You stop learning. Is that me? You know, and yeah, that's what we're talking about. 
learning to unlearn, right? I mean, right. so this is, right. it's like the whole idea of learning now shifts as well. Right, exactly. exactly. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. I mean, it beautifully, beautifully said, I, I think the, the idea of, um, of no longer listening to the more and the more and the more to be more whole, it's, it's basically continuing this narrative that you believe that the things that make you great and the things that make you whole are external. And I know these are cliches and I tell people, you know, honestly, live in cliches, live in cliches because every cliche has a tremendous amount of work behind it. And that tremendous amount of work led to this silly cliche that we now just kind of forego as just, oh yeah, that's total cliche, but it's, it's true. There's, there's beauty in that. Um, so the outside world will only be realized when the inside world uh, uh, is, it, uh, becomes true, right? And, and that truth is just digging down, digging deep, and knowing that you are enough in every capacity of whatever it is that you want to do in life. And there is no failing in life. There is, everything is a lesson. Um, you either succeed in what you want to do or you learn in the process. And so the narrative that you end up changing within your mind through deep introspection, um, looking at yourself in the mirror, talking to yourself in the mirror, which, which I also do, uh, you have these conversations with yourself um, and get weird, you know, get weird about it. Don't get weird about it. Uh, I can see, I, I just see this picture of Han standing in front of the mirror, <laughs> talking to himself. I'm like, yay, I want that to be a recording. I want, I want you to video one of those. <laughs> Uh, I will. I will do a. Maybe it could be an SNL skit. I think it would work. <laughs> it would. It would go right right along with it. Oh, <laughs> you're got enough. Yes, and you're right. I love what you said about cliche as well. By the way, what a what a beautiful reminder. How much work went into creating that cliche? And mm -hmm. you're right. I don't think about that. I and 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 yes, right, there is a reason. There's a a phrase, a word, a quote we can point to. Yeah. yeah, the cliche is the profound sentiment that was born and birthed out of all the work that went behind it. So as much as it's been simplified, that simplicity has a tremendous amount of creativity behind it. So uh, don't let it go as cliche. It's, it's, it's more than that. Well, and truth is simple. Right. Right. I mean, right. really, truth is simple. And so I think we again, that to me is the same that same image of piling on more piling on more. What else do I need to learn? What else do I need to achieve? What else do I need to take? What else do I need to buy? What else do I need to have? We do that with concepts. We do that with learning. Right. And again, I think this is part of the unlearning process. And I'd love to know your thoughts that for me, part of the journey has been can I simplify? So can I start to strip away and, and it's, it's challenging, at least for me, because I am an overthinker and I am analytical exactly. and I'm, I'm very quick and, you know, even writing my book, I, well, I can, I can now explain it four more different ways. And it's, <laughs> it's this constant exercise of, yeah. and even when I speak, you know, can I keep simplifying? And so, right. yeah, there's this simplification process that also comes with unlearning. And, and so here's the power of flow and the power of now and somebody that has that same mindset as you. Um, when you think about the constant analysis of your work uh, and you're pretty darn good at it, I, I know that, <laughs> that's why it's, it's part of your superpower. So you utilize it because you know the outcome is going to be good. But what I, what I will tell you is that perspective shift in that mindset is to say, well, clearly my analysis is based on my own perception of my own experiences and reality and education and et cetera, and it will be limited at that. Well, what falls beyond the, that bracket? What falls beyond that scope? It's, it's all the other stuff that I may not be in tuned to because I'm in analysis mode. And so how do you get in tuned onto the things that are outside the bracket of self, the bracket of, well, I know this and let me analyze it this way and that way, and it could be better here and it could be better there. The adjustment is okay, but if you if you really want to get into flow, and just like you were saying in your book, it it was flowing out of you. You you really were connected to 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 this flow, and and it just started coming out. That's not something that came through analysis. That's that came through really letting go, listening to you know. I call this the divine knowledge. The divine knowledge really is just cosmic knowledge that is available to everyone, and it's and and it's there. You just you just have to listen to it, and the way you listen to it is by Honestly, like not listening and, and just not being a, a, in, in noise and in voice and in mind. Um, and this takes me to another concept of, of the, of the kind of unlearning part is 
how to start positioning your, your thinking or how do you start allowing yourself to kind of flirt with the unknown, right? It's like, how do you, how do you mm. know what you don't mm. know what you don't know? And, and I want to, yeah, talk more about, I want to talk more about the unknown. I love that you're going there. Yes. Because that's a huge component of this, right? right. Because I think that's right. why we, at least in my opinion, we are scrambling, we're reaching out, we're, we're, we're layering more on it's, it's constant for me. There's a huge component of, I want to be certain. I want to know the answer mm-hmm. and I need to know I have it. So let's, yeah. Talk more about the unknown. Where is this? Yeah. So, so, I mean, we talked about really just, um, initially, uh, the, 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 um, the looking back in time, then asking the whys, and then realizing there's a tremendous amount of unknown beyond the, the, the scope of our, our own existence, our own knowledge and our own perspective, right? Our perspective gives us things that we know and in periphery things that we may, that we can see, but we know we don't know and we can dive into, but what goes beyond that vision, right? It's all the stuff that we don't see, but still exists. And how do we shift our, our, our intentions or our ideas in that direction? Um, I want you to do this for me. And, and as we continue talking about the unknown, I want you to do this for me. When, when you stick your hand out and you stick your thumb up, pointing up into the sky, and you look at your nail and you look at your thumb, that's one degree visibility. And if you take that one degree visibility and move it around 360 degrees, that's your full scope of visibility. So the eye that is looking at the thumb is intaking a few, a few million um, data points uh, from, from, from the thumb and its periphery. But when you're looking at the thumb, that, the data points lessen and lessen, right? Because your, 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 your focus is on that. And then your brain will process even less than that. So when you, take about, when you think about all the data points that are hitting you and the ones that you're actually processing, there's a tremendous data loss from what you can perceive peripherally, what you can perceive and focus, and what you think about. So then if that's your life, if you go through life that way, how much of life are you missing? And that's the big, that's the big holy cow. Holy cow. So when, when, when you realize this, you start saying, okay, well, clearly there's, there's a bunch of unknown that I don't see. How do I, how do I uh, kind of make the unknown notice me and me notice the unknown? And the idea uh, with that is to, to, to just keep flirting. And I say flirting, flirt with your surroundings, flirt with your interests, flirt with, I know Brené Brown says, forget about, you know, following your purpose because some people don't know what their purpose is so just flirt with interests to create passion to create purpose uh and so that's a beautiful way to 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 look at it is flirting with the things around you say yes to things that you normally wouldn't say yes to put yourself in situations that um that are what you would say in in a comfort zone and you and i have talked about this before i don't really consider it as a comfort zone i consider it as a familiarity zone so you're just familiar in your zone beyond that familiarity zone is all the unknowns so put yourself in areas where you're just not familiar. And the reason I don't call it a, a comfort zone as a side note is because you're not really comfortable, right? You might be in it, but you're complaining that your life isn't full. You're complaining that your, your life isn't what you want it to be. So that's not comfort, right? That's just familiar. And, and so, and so I, want people, I want people to think about a familiarity zone over comfort zone because the word comfort allows comfort us to continue to be in that space. Hmm. That's huge. Actually, that is a, that's awesome. I love that. And because I think you're right, we, we're not comfortable. There's a lot of dis-ease or unease that can often happen when we stay confined. And yeah, so that's beautiful. And yet we are familiar. So that's why we stay. And I love the idea of the flirting with the unknown. I, I mean, because as I kept, as you were talking and, and sharing, using that beautiful, even like practice and, and example of, you know, when we put our hand out, what do we see? And then what are we not seeing? Right. And what's, um, it, it's what kept coming up for me is it's my perspective is so limited. It's just, mm-hmm. it's so limited. And I think what we're talking about here is part of the unlearning process so that we can shift our perspective and we can step over and look at it from the other side or turn it all the way around is the willingness to ag- admit that it is, I'm, it is limited. And I, you use that example to say, you know, if I'm writing, 
and if I'm in over, like I'm in an analysis mode, there's nothing wrong with that. So long as I then start to see that in that space, I am limited, you know, in mm-hmm. that particular space. And it is then by dropping below that, stepping out of it, however you want to talk about it, so that then I get the larger perspective, because ultimately, that is what we have access to, mm-hmm. to that divine knowledge that you talked about. We have access to that if we're willing to let it come in. And so, yeah, flirting with all those other areas and just start to, because as we start to do that, the other thought that I have is it starts to feel more familiar and a little more, a little safer. So we're more willing to do it the next time. And we keep expanding and expanding and expanding because it's limitless, right? So we're always going to be needing to ask ourselves to step out of the familiar because our familiarity circle is just going to keep getting bigger. Right. That's absolutely right. You're right. It's it's infinite, and it and you can tap into that, and your ability to 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 kind of uh, consume some of that divine knowledge, that cosmic knowledge that's out there, uh, is to allow yourself to go beyond a pre-construct, a preconditioning of how you think, and be able to expand your visibility in that one degree, even without turning your head. Um, and it's it's exactly. I mean, today's world, the world that we're living in right now, is a great example of of mindset and it's a great example of your ability to go beyond your own uh perspective and 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 your own construct to really open up and understand uh all aspects uh, of life and and i always have to say this in 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 all the unlearning that that i continue to do and and i speak about the idea that you know the biggest illusion that that we live with is the illusion of separation we're we are so connected on so many levels um, that that's where also the, that divine knowledge comes from. That connectivity with everything around us, uh, other human beings, plants, animals. It it it's. I mean, we really need to 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 take note of that more so than just pushing it aside and saying, "My God, this is so you know that's so Berkeley." What what a, what a comment. Um, and and it's and, and it's. <laughs> You're so Berkeley, huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Berkeley. Um, um, you know, it's 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 not. It really is holds so much truth in in our own process of of unlearning and digging deep and 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 getting to our own personal common denominator, right? And I use all these math analogies. I think my brain is, is very mathematical. Scientific. I love it. It's great. That's beautiful. It's it is, and that's why you're here. It's a different perspective. It's another degree that maybe we don't always look at and think in. Yeah. So thank you for offering that. Yeah. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, and and no problem. by the way, through all that work, through the concept of unlearning and, and these steps that you take, the the end result is a perspective shift. So I tell people, you know, shift happens, right? And and when shift happens, you, you you're able to look at the same problem, the same situation, the same variable with with new light, with it with with kind of a new take on on it that evokes new emotions, and those emotions help you expand your own existence. And so that bracket that we talked about of of where you oscillated expands. And that's that's kind of our journey is to continue to expand the bracket until it, it kind of disappears. And we start feeling and living in living in. Wow. So much goodness. Yeah. So, so much goodness. And the illusion of separation is, is huge. And it's probably a whole, whole other conversation in and of itself. And I, because you're right, there's, um, these are all, I mean, all of these are illusions and that's, that's to me, the, that's the core essence of this, right? We've spent our lives to your point. I mean, by the time we were five, right. And then we started to just layer on illusion after illusion. And, um, you know, through that development, it's, you know, I'm not loved. Um, you're different than me. I'm different than you. Um, I'm, you know, I'm lacking. I'm whatever, all these, all of these illusions. And really they, I mean, in my opinion, they boil down to, you know, there's kind of the core, you know, they almost all can point down to something that we might all say, yeah, I can, I can agree with that or resonate with that. There may be a few different words we choose. Um, you know, but a lot of them around are around love and separation, um, disconnection, those ideas right. and right. lack. And so I think that's the, the journey to unlearning is to, to clear away the illusions, to look them in the face and go, oh my gosh, I've been thinking this the whole time. And I love that you offered us one way of doing that is by asking why, 
you know, why do I feel this way? Why do I think this way? Why am I acting this way? Why do I want to do that? Amanda, that was beautiful. We, we unlearned to clear away the illusions. That to me is so beautiful and, and, and basically right on. And it encompasses this whole conversation. <laughs> it's kind of amazing. It's kind of amazing. And there we are full circle. <laughs> That's how it happens. That's yeah, how this happens. That's the magic. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's absolutely great. Um, I, I do want to say one last thing to kind of close Please. the loop from my end around yeah. unlearning and perspective. Mm-hmm. Unlearning leads to perspective and perspective. Um, you know, the whole thing about perspective is, is how we anchor emotions towards perspective. Perspective is a beautiful thing until we anchor a certain emotion that starts really developing um, what, what, what I, you know, what I consider judgment, right? Judgment comes from incorporating uh, emotion to, to perspective. The unlearning will help us gain new perspective by not allowing the current emotions that we, that evoke, right? We have all these switches that, that get pushed and uh, that really kind of uh, uh, enable us to, to, to kind of keep that narrative in play. So the unlearning allows us to go beyond those emotions and start understanding why these emotions are there and gain new perspectives to be able to allow ourselves to say, oh my God, I used to always see it this way. This used to always bother me. But now, because of now I know why I do that and because I gain new perspective, I'm, I still may agree that I don't like it, but my ability to look at it in a way that doesn't affect me negatively or the fact that I need to yell at the top of my lungs completely change, and I don't have to do that anymore. So the domino so effect, the domino effect. Yes, that's really, thank you for offering that because that's actually significant pointing back to how it's all connected and then the, the layers as they're being unlearned. Um, and it's also giving us permission that it, we may still have our same, we still may be looking at our thumb from the same angle um, and at times saying, yeah, I kind of prefer this angle. I like looking at it this way. And yet right. I don't have to now react. I don't have to have that same emotional charge behind it. Right. Um, there's a lot of beauty. And by the way, as you were speaking about your switches and your, you know, the, all of your computer programming language that goes right along with all of your math language, because I think in another lifetime, or maybe you were a computer programmer at one time, uh, I feel as if you are, the, the title, the name that dropped into my awareness is that you are a spiritual programmer. Oh, wow. <laughs> I might have do. to use that, Amanda. I'm sorry. I might have to I use that. Really- I love that. Please do. It is my gift to you if you should use that. You are a spiritual programmer. <laughs> oh, God, that's so great. <laughs> my brain is like going oh. on that. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> uh, this is like when oh. we geek out over this stuff. This is the stuff that comes out. And and maybe you and I are the only ones that are laughing at this. But I, I, I think it's a, a hilarious, hilarious thing. It's me too. That's again, that is why these conversations happen. That, that is why I, um, I don't know. I, I didn't even know that this would eventually happen. And yet, of course it was meant to, this is just me continuing to follow that divine knowledge and creating this space. Um, and certainly it's co-created and it is, this is because I've done these shows myself. And while there's a a different type of magic that can sometimes occur there. There's, this is just, this is why co-creation is so powerful. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's, it's, it's one of my favorite things. And I really, I I've said this on the show, the show away from uh, this space for those listening is when you do something that you can geek out about, that you lights you up, um, that it, it, I believe by natural extension will have that effect on others. Um, maybe not everyone, but on others. And I think that's so important because I believe we live in a world where we first say, well, what do they, what do you want to me to do? And then I'll do that thing versus right. what do I want to do. Right. And then by doing that, you're going to be blessed by it. I just know, you know, because I'm blessed by it. So that's our connection. That's absolutely right. This work that we do for ourselves and the work that we do with others, it's in co- collaboration always. Um, there is no uh, 
me, my own knowledge. I am your guru. Let me tell you what's going on. It's it's none of that. Uh, so I, I do believe in that collective um, knowledge and passing it around. And you can sing Kumbaya if you want. <laughs> that maybe we can we can end with that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, well, let's. I do want to shift now um, because I do believe. Do you feel complete? You you closed your loop. Yeah, I'm. Thank you for for giving else? me this yeah. opportunity to to chat about it. It excites oh me. Oh, so good. Um, yeah. So now, what I like to do, and and again, if you've listened to the show, we we shift our our conversation slightly to learn a little bit more about you. And I have a few questions, and we'll just see where that leads us. So here we go. The first question is. Who is a source of inspiration for you and why? Wow, that's, uh, that's amazing. Um, um, so, so I could answer that as, as who it used to be and who it is now. And who it used to be were, um, there were a handful of authors that I would read and a handful of, of, of worldly uh, personalities that have changed the world. <laughs> And, you know, the obvious Einstein, Gandhi, et cetera. <clears throat> but, but really what is more important to me now is through my unlearning, I realize that I, I, I can't not appreciate my parents more than anybody else in the things that they've done or what they've taught me. Um, I am here today in my mindset because of that. And I only knew that through that level of unlearning. Um, so I have a tremendous have amount of tremendous love, amount of respect, respect uh, and, and gratitude, gratitude for both of them. In every aspect of my life, I'm a better because of better. And I, I truly can I say that wholeheartedly through the ups and downs, ups of, and downs of being their crazy middle crazy child. Middle uh, child. <laughs> so Wow. That's beautiful. That is really beautiful. Thank you for sharing. I'm glad you shared both. Uh, my body just lit up as you said that. What place or activity most inspires you right now? So anywhere around nature, and I'm such a social butterfly that through the last year, I've spent a lot of time by myself. And through that time, um, the silence brought so much knowledge, uh, a lot of kind of language that was being that, that was around me that I didn't never really heard um, is, is, is something that now I, I truly value. So being in nature, again, cliche, but being in nature, um, reading, uh, hanging out by myself is something that is, is always inspiring. And then it makes my hangout time with my friends and, and people that I love uh, so much better and so much fruitful. The only thing is I tend to talk more than, than I ever did just because the time that I spend alone is quiet time and so when i'm around my friends and family it's like oh my god he's talking way too much so th that's something i'm working on <laughs> <laughs> I, I can relate and i of course love every word you say so thank you for being oh, a talker thanks. it makes my job easier no um how about a f and again I, I know you're probably an avid reader and you you've already alluded to some authors but can you name a favorite book or two um, that have inspired you personally or spiritually on this path? Um, you know, I'm sitting here and I have probably 20 books on my desk. And in terms of inspiration, I, it's, it's a moment in time. There was a book by Dr. Hawkins and may have told you about this. It's called Letting Go. And it was, it was during a time where um, I, in, in that moment of, of me just digging deep in the concept of unlearning, and that book just really, really kind of spoke to me. Um, and it just spoke to the idea of how we can let go of our current state of mind, current situations, current feelings, emotions. And that was a very strong impetus to continue diving deep into the concepts of unlearning. So I would recommend that book. Uh, it's by Dr. Hawkins. Uh, it's called Letting Go. It's got a yellow cover. Um, and it's definitely one book um, that definitely one that I really, really liked. Is that Richard Dawkins or a different uh, Dawkins? It's Hawkins with an H. It's Hawkins with an H. Oh, Hawk I'm sorry, Hawkins. Richard. Yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. I'm not going to confuse. Hawkins, letting go. Um, beautiful. I, I actually, that's, I'm really thrilled. Something's going on right now where I'm being pointed back to um, 
certain books that would be outside of my purview. And I'm really excited because I'm like, yep, I need to read that one. So adding that one to my list. Um, what are you currently working on or creating that is most inspiring to you? So I have, you know, creating a, the Elevate Institute is was a initially a passion project. And it was the culmination of my background. And I know when I was five years old, I was asked the question of what do you want to do when you grow up? And I said, well, of course, I want to make all the money in the world. And um, when I was asked why, uh, which was perfect, and it wasn't left at just that, um, I said, because I want to help as many people as I can. And I realized that that's been something that's been with me ever since I was a kid. So no matter what I did, no matter what work I did, I never really felt connected until I would coach and mentor and advise. And um, it was something that was so connected deeply um, because it's a hundred percent of me is given to the person that I'm in front and complete compassion and empathy and, and love. And I truly cared. And so the culmination of kind of that lifestyle into um, this passion project turned to the Elevate Institute. And with that, I, I mean, every morning I wake up just giggling, pinching myself going, this is, this is my life now. And this is what I want to do. And I'm around people like amazing, amazing people like you and, and who in collaboration with one another, we continue to, to push the human element uh, forward. Um, so between that, the book that I'm writing, the clients that I have, uh, we continue to grow our team, uh, and we really want to create an environment at, at, uh, at the Institute that is open and collaborative with everyone. Uh, we have a lot of work to do, but it's fun work. It's exciting work. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's work that really matters to everybody that gets involved. Um, and we're opening up to new partnerships, uh, with other coaches and, and, uh, uh, therapists and a million other people, healers, if you want to call them healers, call them healers. Uh, but, but people who are, who are spiritual programmers <laughs> across the, across, across the world. Across the world. <laughs> oh, my heart is filled with so much joy hearing you say that. Um, and you are, I have to just say, you really are, when you said, when you are with your clients or your I mean, anyone, your partners, whomever it is that you are touching and, and, and healing, you truly are. I, I can attest you give your 100% presence. And with that, it is unconditional love and compassion. And I have felt that from day one with you. And I think that's probably, it is such a tremendous gift that you have. And I'm so thrilled that you knew that at such a young age and you've, you've come, well, you, I'm sure you've done it your whole life and you've gotten really clear that that is what you're here to do. So awesome. Thank you so much. I am so honored and I'm so blessed to have you in my life, Amanda. Thank you for this opportunity. Well, now that I know everyone's going to want to find you out and be like, who is this incredible being that we just heard from? Where can they find you? Um, what's a good place to go? Uh, go to elevateinstitute.co um, and uh, you can email me at hans at elevateinstitute.co uh, and I'm really good with email. Uh, and yeah, I would, for me, I just, I love meeting new people. I love hearing stories. Um, and there's, there's a lot that, that, that from sharing, uh, I just, I'm a lifelong learner. So I want to continue to learn from other people. The more I, I, I can do that, the better I become and the, and the more work I can do. So please connect with please. me anytime, anywhere. Uh, I'm, you, you can probably feel that I, I just love to talk. So Let's talk. Let's talk. <laughs> and if you get to see him in person, he'll give you the best hug ever. Um, and stare into your eyes and just make you feel so full <laughs> and lit up. I mean, honestly, you are such a light worker in that way that when when I was in, am in, but I remember the first time, like in your presence, I thought I've never felt brighter and lighter than I ever had before. There's something about your energy. And so honestly, if you get a chance to meet Hans, I hope you do. Um, and if not, at least find him virtually and, and find a way to connect with him because he is exceptional. So I feel so loved, so Amanda. Thank you. Mm -hmm. This has been an honor as always. I love sharing the space um, with other individuals, other beings who to me are walking this path, who are on this journey of unlearning and becoming more of who they are. And it is 
such a privilege for me to walk beside them and to share it with each of you who are listening, knowing that you are also on your own path and journey and we are walking it together. There's no need to do it alone. We are, as Hans pointed out, we are not separate. We are completely connected and we're co-creating all of this together. So thank you for listening. Please be sure to check out Hans. If you're interested, come on over, um, subscribe to the Being Inspired radio show. If you haven't already, you can do so on iTunes uh, or come on over to my website, amandajohnson.tv. Um, check that out. I have a book coming out. Hans has a book coming out. There's all sorts of goodness to become uh, coming out of these conversations. So be sure to check those out as well. And until next time, many blessings. of the brokenness inside.